your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, the last episode for me, um, at least in Northern Virginia, for a long time. Um, I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes right there. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, your Pittsburgh Penguins get another victory tonight, 4-2 win over their arch rival, the Washington Capitals. And um, overall, my biggest takeaway from this game, obviously the first segment, we're going to go into my biggest takeaways. We're also going to do the listener um takeaway segment in either the second or third segment. And we're also going to touch on the John Tortorella situation later in the show as well. And also a preview of the game against the Ducks uh, going into Saturday night's game. So just a really dominant performance, I thought, from Pittsburgh tonight. You could tell that Mike Sullivan had this team ready to play um, just right from the get-go. They were flying in the offensive zone, getting some really quality chances, making Ilya Samsonov um, work quite a bit. And you could definitely tell, I think, as well, that the loss last time pissed this team off. Um, it was their first game with a lot of the players back from COVID, especially Cindy Crosby. He wasn't right. A lot of the other players weren't right either. But this time, um, those players were right, and then some, because they had some really good games, especially – um, against and we'll get to Kasperi Kapanen in just a minute. But um, if we go into the underlying numbers to see what they told us, um, it was a bit cl- the uh, the numbers painted it a bit closer than what I thought the game was. Pittsburgh had fifty one percent of the shot attempts at five v five. They had fifty five percent of the scoring chances for at five v five. Fifty seven percent of the high danger, and then for expected goals for one point six eight for Washington, one point six three for Pittsburgh. But if you go to all situations, Washington actually. Um, led the lead, lead in shot attempts, but Pittsburgh led the way in shot scoring chance score with 55.7% of those. High danger, 60% for Pittsburgh. And then overall, 3.61 expected goals score for the Penguins. All situations, 2.2 for Washington. So if you go away from 5v5, it, it looks a lot better. But um, I thought for definitely the first 50 minutes, Pittsburgh was taking it to them. And uh, obviously, I think the Capitals are a really good team. They're definitely surprising me a bit this year. I did not think they would be this good and, you know, challenging for the Metro. I I thought they would be a playoff team, and I know they will make the playoffs, but I didn't think they would be this good. That said, I still think if the Penguins do get healthy, and even when they're still a bit banged up, as you saw tonight, Pittsburgh can play with Washington in a seven-game series, and I think they could potentially beat them um, as well. Just and, and I understand as well, Washington is a bit banged up too, but just with the way Pittsburgh was able to clog up the neutral zone and clog up the offensive zone as well with how they were defending, they weren't let, letting Washington get to a lot of the high-danger areas just throughout the entire contest. You know, that's that might be the big difference for me um, in a seven-game playoff series if these two teams were to play. Tristan Jari, again, he was fantastic. You knew that he was going to start this game. They're not going to freaking start him against the Ducks tomorrow night. That's going to likely be Casey DeSmith in the um, the third jersey thing. Sorry, apologies um, on that. The, the third jersey's debut, which actually debuts. It is 10.50 that I'm recording this right now. An hour and 10 minutes, they will be on PennsGear.com. So 
you'll have that to look forward to. Anyways, getting back to what I was saying about Jari, sorry for just getting off the rails a little bit there. Just a really strong night. The His outlet pass to get to uh, Sid for the empty net, what a play that was. I'm not really too fond of his puck handling abilities. I don't really think anyone is, considering what the heck happened uh, in the New York Islanders with the Josh Bailey situation. But that was a beautiful clear along around the boards, excuse me, was able to get the puck to Sid, and then Sid made the Caps defender there look silly. He gets it to Jeff Carter, who ices the game. I know some Capitals players, they went immediately over to the officials trying to argue it. So I, I think if people weren't watching it on ESPN Plus and Hulu, which was the only way you could, um, if you didn't get to hear it on radio or Josh gets off and Phil Bort didn't explain it, basically what they thought was, the, the Caps players that is, they thought that it went out of play into the netting and came back down and then the Penguins scored. But it went off an official. That's now two basically pretty lucky breaks that Pittsburgh had tonight. Um, the other one being the Brock McGinn goal that went off at beginning Kuznetsov. Now, this team has been really unlucky for multiple reasons this year. I'm not going to give a flying crap if they get lucky on a couple of goals. That's just regression coming back to the mean um, a little bit. But again, just a really big performance from Pittsburgh, and they were able to get those two points. And they're now 7-1-1 and one and one in their last nine games. And I remember when you know people were panicking about the team, saying, well, you know, there's a chance they don't make the playoffs. And, you know, sure, it's still going to be a bit of an uphill climb, but they're in a playoff position right now. The teams below them stink. I mean, except, well, the Red Wings are not bad, but they're starting to lose a little bit. Columbus is okay, but below them, a lot of those teams like Philadelphia, New Jersey, um, heck, even obviously Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal, those all teams are not that good this season. Boston, I think, eventually will wake up a little bit. I think they will slide in that final wild card spot, if not in the top three in the Atlantic. But this team is mainly fine. They're gonna they can be really, really good if they continue to get the goaltending that they're getting. And if they can get healthy here in the next few weeks and continue to play this way, they're going to be a really tough out for any team that they get in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I've been saying that since before the season started and I, I'll keep saying it now. You know they're Again, they're seven and one and one in their last nine points and eight of their last nine. And tonight was, I think, their most complete performance overall. Um, since that, should I say that Vancouver game? I, I think Pittsburgh played pretty well in that game. Seattle was, I think, a bit closer than the score indicated. But you know, this this again, this was probably their best win. I think in quite some time, even though, even though the Vancouver one was pretty good, I, I would put this game against Washington even better. Um, another big takeaway that I have, Kasperi Kapanen, we have been waiting for this. Me especially, I've been talking about this time after time again on this show that we need to see something. Mike Sullivan took a chance and put Cappy on the top line with Sid saying basically like, hey man, Show me something. You're playing like garbage this year. Let's see if, if we can elevate you and that can change your game. And boy, did that work. And then some. I mean, Kapanen was a completely different player tonight, flying in the offensive and the defensive zones with Sidney Crosby and Edwin Rodriguez. I was a little scared when he decided to take on Alex Ovechkin one-on-one in the first period. And obviously, Ovi's going to make him look silly. I mean, why would he not? Excuse me. Why would he not? But... Outside of that, just a really awesome game from Kappen. I know that he had that hat trick against Minnesota a few weeks ago, but other than those goals, you know, you didn't really – what else was there? And that sounds weird because the guy scored a freaking hat trick, but even outside the goal he scored tonight, he was just everywhere 
on the ice, which is just crazy to me because we haven't seen that from him in so freaking long. Just the goal that he scored, what a feed from Sid to get it to him. And then he goes um, long side, past the glove, makes it to nothing. Again, just a really huge goal in a moment when with the Penguins really needed because at that point, um, actually no, excuse me, that that one made it three nothing. That's that's my fault, everybody. Um, but it just it was a really huge moment when again the, the team really needed it because it was still it was still the game was in striking distance for Washington. I can't believe I mixed up the goals from um, McGinn and then Captain. I apologize on that. But again, it, you know, Pittsburgh was playing well, but even with a two-goal lead, you're still like, what's going to happen here, right? Or is Washington going to push back? If they get one goal, could the wheels come off? You know, Washington, they did have some pushback in the third period. Obviously, it was a little too late uh, for Washington to come back. But still, you're able to get that third goal. That's what I think really put the game away, um, at least in my opinion, and just a really nice goal there. His move on Dmitry Orlov in the third period was absolutely disgusting. What a save by Sam Sonov. Um, that would have made it 4-1 to one if Brian Juman was able to score there. Um, he just basically went between the legs on Orlov. He probably should have shot it there. I think Cappy was trying to be a bit too cute. Uh, I know Dumoulin had a nice shot. Samsonov had a better save, but just when he's, when Kapanen's playing like that, um, few can touch him on this team. So I'm really hoping that this could be the big jump start uh, for Kapanen the West, the rest of the way. He just he was not that good coming into this one, gets a goal and a beautiful move there. And in another couple moves um, prior to that goal, um, he was stealing it tonight. Um, and then some, and he even said coming into this game, he, how, I think he was asked by the media how he would rate his game going into this. He said, yep, it was, it was pretty trash. So um, he definitely was able to obviously not back up that talk, but just, you know, go against it a bit and say, Hey, you know, I'm still here. And hopefully when Gino comes back, they can reignite uh, some of that chemistry. That's for sure. Um, those are, I think are my first couple big takeaways from the game. I'm going to have more on this matchup or the recap coming in, coming up, excuse me, in the next episode. I cannot speak for whatever reason tonight. I, I don't know what the heck is going on. Um, so in the next segment, some more takeaways. We're going to get into some John Tortorella stuff later in the show, probably the third segment. And we're also going to be previewing the matchup against the Ducks a little bit and getting into your listener takeaways um, for this one. But before we do that, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll get to have a hard time choosing. Will you have a raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar also gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. It's because it's the season. It, it, well, I just totally screwed up that part of the read, so I apologize on that. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavors at family parties. People are very passionate about your favorite flavors. They will fight for it, and things could get out of hand. There is an offer. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, we're back here on this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I, again, I apologize for screwing up a little bit of an ad read there. On you on video, it's it's a little bit different just because when I was fully on audio, I would able to I was able to pause myself and actually delete that. But you know, that's not going to happen again. Built Bar, I love you all, and your protein bars are absolutely incredible. Um, other takeaways that I had from this game, uh, Sin, I think another really good game from him, and that's another point now, just a, another awesome assist on Kapanen's goal. It was weird that he missed some empty netters, but I'm not really going to kill him for that. I mean, at the end of the day, they still won the game. I mean, if you're really getting on Sid for that, I think you're just looking for things to be mad about in terms of Crosby. I didn't like Chris Letang's uh, play on that. Evgeny Kuznetsov goal. By the way, thank God we didn't see that bird celebration. Oh boy, I can't stand that celebration at all. But um, just, I think he was cheating up the ice a bit too much there, was kind of hanging out a little above the blue line. Duman was taking away Ovechkin, which was the right play. That was not Brian Duman's fault. And then Kuznetsov is wide open, is able to go forehand, backhand, beat Jari, make it three to one uh, for the time being. Um, and I think you saw there, if, if any of you all were watching or listening to the game from Phil Bork and Josh Getzoff, uh, Tanger was kind of being a bit slow skating back there. I think that's mainly due to him not having the foot speed to catch up to Kuznetsov in those situations just because he's 34 at this point. Um, he has, there's a lot of miles on those tires. Um, and also he was just out of position. I don't even really know if he could have caught up at that point. And I think if he did, uh, Kuznetsov potentially could have drawn a penalty shot. Uh, if he if he didn't score in that situation. But overall, just not a good play from Tanger there. I kind of want to see better from him in that regard. But overall, I thought uh, he played a pretty good game outside of that. Uh, John Marino, what a game from him. Hopefully you all cannot hear the ambulances in the background. I'm at my girlfriend's apartment and there's just, okay, I think it's going away now. Never mind. But John Marino, what a pass that he had on Danton Heinen's goal. You know, you know, he, he comes in the offensive zone, looks like he's going to shoot it, fires it cross ice. Heinen's right there for a tap and gets his eighth of the season. And I've been saying this since before the season started, he is a perfect fit for Mike Sullivan's system and the Penguins. It's just been a really shrewd move um, since he was signed. Ron Hexton knew what he was doing with that one. And now he, the Penguins have played, what, 27 games this year? He has already had eight. He already has eight goals. He only had seven in 43 last year. So he's more he has gone over his goal total from last year in 16 last games. That just goes to show how confident that he's how he's playing right now and how a change of scenery plus better line mates to play with is just so huge for a player like Hein. And by the way, Jeff, if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, two more now till the cockeye barbecue. Thank you for tweeting me that. Uh, by the way, but just a really nice finish there from Heinen after a great Marino pass. I think defensively, this might have been Marino's finest game as well, was taking away a lot of rushes from the Capitals um, in the defensive zone, getting some nice clears in the defensive zone as well, activating in the offensive zone well um, too. So a really big game there, I thought, from John. Just honestly, I think perhaps his best game of the season, um, in my opinion. So was really impressed with Marino. Um, in that regard, trying to see here. Nice to see Brock McGinn get on the board. I know it was a little bit lucky, but with how the team's finishing ability has been this season, you take that, you run the other way. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just how it is, I think, at this point. Just a, a, 
when you fire the puck on net, good things happen. So good good for Brock there. That's really big. Also nice to see Carter get his is um yeah eight, eighth goal of the season i had to think about that for a second because i almost thought it was his number seven but he had two the other night against seattle so that was carter's eighth i know it's on, on an empty netter but still put the game away in a big spot that's exactly what pittsburgh is looking for and i think overall those get those are all of my takeaways i mean rodriguez was flying all night long as well I didn't like on one of the plays where he was, it looks like he was going to shoot on a mini breakaway, tries a little bit of a fancy pass through a Weedle. And in that moment, because he's been such a shoot first player this year, just take a shot. That happened in the second period where Pittsburgh was up by a goal. In that moment, you just got to take the shot. I mean, it's just like at the end of the day, you don't, you don't want to be too cute um, in that situation. Oh yeah. One more um, before we get to our next commercial break. Uh, just a really fine night by the Penguins penalty killers for sure. I know Washington's power play has been pretty bad this year. It's actually amazing that um, it's been close to, if not worse, than the Penguins' power play this season. And it is weird just because of the talent that Washington can throw out there. I understand that Nicholas Backstrom has not played yet, but you have the best goal scorer in NHL history on there. John Carlson, TJ Oshie, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Tom Wilson for a time being. I know he had to leave in the th- uh, in the late of the second period due to an upper body injury. But it's weird that that unit continues to struggle because usually that power play is pretty mint. But Pittsburgh now, um, that's now 12 consecutive games um, that they have not allowed a power play goal. That, that's just, it's crazy that this streak um, is continuing to go. They have the number one PK in the league and rightfully so with how um, that unit is playing this year. But those are my main takeaways from this game. I hope everyone that went to the game, if anyone listens to this podcast that was there, send me the videos. If you went to the steps, it is always a blast when Penguins fans go onto the steps and chant, let's go Pens," And then you have all the Capitals fans flipping you off and everything. I'm thankful I got to experience that at least once throughout my time of living in D.C. and going to a game at the Capital One Arena. Um, nothing beats it. Um, at least in my opinion. And also, thank God there was really no really big, dirty place tonight. I will say this before the commercial break overall. I know I, I keep talking about the commercial break, but the Brock McGinn play, I think overall it wasn't malicious. I, I've always hated hits that have contact to the head. I didn't like the hit. I think overall, though, it was more accidental than anything. That said, it still should have been a penalty. I think I would have given two uh, for McGinn there for you know roughing, legal check to the head, um, whatever call the ref could have made. And the fact that the official didn't call it, I mean, I wish I was surprised because this is NHL officiating that we're talking about here, people. I mean, they are not good at their jobs. They have never been good at their jobs. I understand Capitals fans are going to go out there on social media or you know talk with their friends or whatever and say, well, you know, imagine if Tom Wilson made that hit. On, on a penguin player and it's just like don't don't even bother engaging in that kind of stuff if people say that to you or whatever it's just it, it, they kind of treat wilson like a cult following i think at this point and it's just it, it's silly to even engage but overall still not a great hit from again i would have given him a penalty i also don't think it was that malicious um i think in that, that in my opinion i just think it was a little it was a more accidental uh, than malicious overall but that'll do it for this second segment of the locked on penguins podcast for friday coming up in the next segment we're going to get to some listener takeaways as well as doing a little small preview of that decks game with a little talk about john tortorella 
as well. Before we do that, though, BetOnline has you covered for all, all seasons, and that means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. I am really just not in it tonight. Um, but the NFL season is still marching on. The playoffs are in just about a month now, which is crazy. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Ben Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is Ben Online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get into some listener takeaways here um, overall from this matchup. Uh, Dominic says, I think Evan Rodriguez should get the permanent first line spot over Brian Russ. Uh, honestly, I'm warming more up to that as the games go on. He's just such a natural fit for Sid. And honestly, I think Rust can do just fine with, you know, we've seen them work well in the past. If they wanted to do a Brian Rust of Genny Malkin, Kasperi Kapanen line, when everyone is back, if everyone is back, I should say, um, I don't really think I would bat an eye to it. You can still have Gensel Crosby, Rodriguez as your top line. And then Zucker, Carter, Heinen, as um, one of my listeners was DMing me. And then, McGinn, Aston Reese, and Bluger as your fourth line with the defense and Tristan Jari playing well. Oh, we're cooking. We are, we are cooking, cooking, cooking now. That would be a really freaking good lineup. And this just goes to show how deep this team is. Um, overreacting habit says great statement win. Having the game on ESPN plus sucks. Next man up was rolling tonight. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really like that. The only way people could watch it was a subscription. I think you need to find other ways for people to watch the game. I understand why ESPN is doing this. It's just so, you know, they want you to pay for their streaming service. I will continue to beat, you know, the drum. You should subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. It is very worth it. It's cheaper than what NHL TV was. And you get to watch any game, no matter who is playing. And honestly, the delay is not even a minute, honestly, barely even 30 seconds behind. And the quality is awesome. So I recommend everyone um, get ESPN Plus, um, at least in my opinion. And then Alan T. Yoder says, PK, not sure what else to say other than, wow, uh, Kapanen looked fired up. Yeah, I mean, he was fired up this entire time. Loving the Heinen and McGinn signings more and more. Huge win and hope they can keep this up tomorrow. Yeah, I agree, Alan. You know, the, the, the big game tomorrow is going to be huge as well against Anaheim. The return of those beautiful third Pittsburgh diagonal jerseys. If anyone tries to tell you that they're a ripoff of the Rangers, you know what? Who cares? I just, I don't, I don't have time for, for that kind of stuff right now. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. But yeah, Heinen and McGinn have been pretty decent to say the least. Uh, Heinen more so, I think McGinn probably has another gear uh, to get to, but um, Heinen has been a really good signing um, overall for Pittsburgh. Nick, um, I, I'm going to read your first sentence for this, and I'm not going to care. Uh, he says, as the saying goes, <laughs> the cheeks were clapping in tonight. Yes, I, everyone says that. I, wherever, if you're on social media, if you're not on social media, you talk to your friends. I'm sure you've heard at least one person say that to you. Um, yeah, Kapanen was nuts tonight. I've been getting that a lot lately, and 
Um, I'm glad he was. Um, Sid was also great besides not being able to score in the empty net. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine if he's if he's still producing points, which he is. Zucker is still struggling a lot. Overall, a huge win to end up end the road trip. Yeah, I mean, Zucker is still struggling to score a little bit. I think his playmaking should come back at some point. I know it's gone away for a little bit here. And then um, I think your last take was about ESPN. Um, I mean, the play-by-play for NBC, I, I definitely agree that it was a bit better than ESPN, but I mean, I also think ESPN's broadcast is well above water compared to NBC, and you know that should just go into our next little topic here for today's show. Um, I loved how Ray Ferraro and Rick DiPietro just made John Tortorella look like a complete doofus on live TV, in case anyone did not watch the postgame. Um, or did not listen to the intermission report. Tortorella was asked about that Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegras play where Zegras kind of did like a, a mini Michigan style goal, um, lifted the puck up, put it in air. And then Milano was able to bat it in with his stick. That's honestly probably going to be the goal of the year. It's one of the best goals I've ever seen. And then Tortorella was basically saying, well, you know, it was a cool play, but I don't know if it's good for the game today. And it's just like, that is such boomer level talk. Torts, it's not the 90s anymore. No one is going to, you know, take headshots at you. There's just, there's no enforcers in the league to do that. And I loved how Ray and Rick were just kind of smiling at him. And Rick had the comment um, on the post game. He's like, can I get him, can we get Torts a, a chair for his lawn so he can tell me to get off of it? I mean, that was incredible right there. And just the way Ray was explaining it um, to Torts. It's just, he even said, you know, like the game is, it's not in the 90s anymore. It's 2021. It's completely different now. We have to accept that. And, you know, I know Torts has coached in this league a long time. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He's had a lot of success with other teams. But again, man, I mean, just this, this whole, the code crap, or, you know, if, if, I, if, he, if I were his coach, I would have pulled him aside and told him not to do that. It's just like, it's such boomer talk. And, I really don't have time for it. And I just, I don't understand why people have those kind of opinions in the year 2021. And the funny thing is at least the ESPN analysts are actually going out of their way to kind of dunk on towards in that old school mentality, right? If this were NBC, you probably would have had Keith Jones and Mike Milbury sitting there going like, yep, yep. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. This was totally bad. This wouldn't have happened back in my day. No one would have pushed back on the other, and I, I know damn well Liam McHugh probably wouldn't have either. So I'm just really glad that there's kind of like some new school analysts there to kind of just butt heads with Torts. And you can kind of tell that Torts was getting ready to walk off the set a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he was happy at all. But I again, I just did not like his comment there. And it's just, you don't got to be a boomer for the sake of being a boomer. It was really just an old man yelling at a cloud meme kind of moment. Um, and, you know, that brings us to a little game against the Ducks tomorrow night. Zegers has been awesome to start the year. Troy Terry's been really good. Sonny Milano has had a resurgence. John Gibson's been really good. Really good. Um, the Ducks are pretty decent this year. You know, this is not something that I saw coming. You know, they're definitely in the playoff push right now. And this is not going to be an easy game for Pittsburgh to win, especially with a back-to-back. Casey DeSmith is going to start. He has struggled a lot this year. I know he had a good start against Seattle. but. Um, this is still going to be 
um, a pretty tough game with how Anaheim is playing this year. I also did a little bit of a crossover on the Locked On uh, Locked On Ducks podcast, excuse me, with JD today. You can go check that out on the Locked On Ducks podcast. I'll also retweet it on other Twitters, and I'll also try to put it down in the description box as well for YouTube. But that'll do it for today's episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. We will be back next week in a new location. I am moving to Richmond, Virginia tomorrow, a couple hours away. So I'm finally getting free of the D.C. area. I'm just so tired of being here with all the Capitals fans and everything like that. But again, huge win by Pittsburgh. Got them two big points, and we'll see if they can get two more tomorrow night against Anaheim. We'll have a full game recap for Monday's episode. Uh, And then, you know, obviously five total episodes next week. We're going to have Sean Gentile on of The Athletic next week as well. It'll be his first time coming on Locked on Penguins. It'll be a little bit of a tease for you all at the end of this episode. So uh, thank you all so much for listening and watching, and I will talk to you all next week. Have a great weekend.